Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome to today's online internet church service. Why don't you grab your Bibles and join me as we'll begin today in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and let's drop down the verse 8. Let's honor and worship the Lord by bringing the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. And we're going to look at one verse today concerning this. It says in verse 8, For bodily exercise profits a little. Now, let's not dismiss exercise because it does have its place in our lives, but in the grand scale of eternity, we have to look at it as being a minor, not a major focus. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. I think it's fascinating that just as you can increase certain standards of exercise, you can also increase in your ability to go stronger in godliness, even in the area of godly financial giving. You know, for some people, they, they love jogging, they love running, and they're, they're wearing their watch, and they'll go out, and they're tying themselves, and they're, they're trying to make improvements, which if you keep running every day, you will make those improvements. Maybe not on a daily basis do you see much of a change, but, you know, in a couple of weeks going by or a couple of months, you can really see some very amazing changes when you apply yourself to physical exercise, and these are changes that can be noted uh, in strength or in speed or endurance, you can just measure those and you can see, hey, I'm getting stronger or I'm getting faster. And of course, it's very encouraging when you see good results. But just as you can make those increases in natural exercise, you could also make increases in godliness by exercising yourself in the area of godliness, even in the area of godly financial giving. You know, there are barriers that you can pass by. I remember when I was in the 10th grade, for some reason, this has been something that just sticks in my mind. But when I was in 10th grade, I started running track and my coach decided to put me into the distance events and he put me in the mile and I'd already been training for a couple of weeks. So there, there came a track meet, another track meet that I was put in and I ran the mile. And when I crossed the finish line, I didn't, I didn't really, uh, you know, do that. Well, I, I finished like in 10th place or something like that. And uh, my coach came up to me and he said, Stephen, he said, congratulations. I said, well, what, what for? He said, you just broke five minutes in the mile. You just ran a 456 mile. I thought, well, that's wonderful. What had happened? I had dipped beneath a barrier and I'd gone into a new realm. And so, you know, I just continued over the years to lower and lower and lower that time. And I found out that if you exercise yourself in that, you're going to, you're going to make those improvements. Well, the same thing is true with giving. You can give, and you're at a certain level of strength, but if you'll keep exercising that, you'll see that God will give seed to the sower, and as you get stronger in sowing, God gives bigger seeds, and it really is amazing how, just as you can excel in the natural by exercising and getting better, you can also excel in giving, but look, you're going to have to work out your giving muscles, praise the Lord, and when you sow, and you sow, you're exercising 
realizing that. And it really does take you to new levels of faith. And sometimes there can be those barriers that you go past, maybe a certain number. And that number just registers in your mind. And you think, you know what? I've crossed into a new barrier. And so then you, you stop and think, well, where, where will the next one be at? And you think, well, that would be a great goal. And the Holy Spirit uh, can help you get there. How do you get there? Through more exercise. It works the same way. You can exercise yourself unto godliness. You can also exercise yourself, uh, you know, for strength gains, for endurance gains, speed gains, or whatever sport would make you happy. You can see improvements. But I think, I think it's incredible that we can also develop this in the area of godly giving. Praise the Lord. So today, as we bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God, on your check or on your online giving, just make a notation and put godly exercise giving. Whoop! Praise the Lord. I like that. Godly exercise giving. And you're going to get stronger, and you're going to be able to push more, lift more. It, it is just amazing how they are so closely related. But it's all involved in exercising that faith area of giving. And as you do, the Lord brings the harvest in, and you get stronger and stronger in that area. Area. We know it works in the natural, but just as it works in the natural, it works in the spiritual as well. So be encouraged as you give today. Because I believe the Lord's going to help you to reach new levels. That's something that my wife and I, uh, you know, me and Kelly, we're always reaching for that. We have had the privilege of being able to sow, knowing that God gave us the seed. But we want to do more, praise God. So our faith is to be able to give more, tithe more, sow more. How, how, how do we get there? We get there by exercising. It's the way that we all get there, by going into new realms, by exercising to be stronger in that area. So today, just make that notation on your giving, and watch what God will do as you continue to work out and exercise in the area of godliness expressed through godly giving. Praise the Lord. Now, if you would prefer to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. If you would like to go online and bring your tithes and offerings in online, you can do so anytime, day or night, from any place in the world. Please visit our ministry website, www.stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called Tides and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and you can go there and they'll come right into the ministry storehouse. Also on our website is a header called Projects. We have two projects by faith that we're working on right now. One is a fence project for the ministry of property, and the other is a aircraft hangar. Praise the Lord. And if you would like to sow into any one of those two projects, it would be a blessing for the ministry as well. And thank you for your giving. Heavenly Father, bless your people as they honor you with the tithe and as they honor you by sowing financial seed. I thank you, Father God, they're going to see themselves get stronger and stronger. And Father, you're going to continue to give them larger and larger seeds to sow. We thank you, Father God. You are a good God, and your laws work in the natural and in the spiritual as well. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. I tell you what, the knowledge of God's ways, the knowledge of God's laws is absolutely priceless. Praise God. Fascinating. Let's go today to the book of Romans chapter 8. 
and the book of Romans is considered by theologians to be the greatest writing of the Apostle Paul. And I agree completely that it is. It is so rich and so in-depth that you really cannot rush through the book of Romans. You have to go through it slowly. And we're going to spend a little bit of time looking at three verses, and we're going to talk today about prayer confidence. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into your word, that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures, that we can grasp them and understand them and apply them to our lives even today. We ask this, Father, in the name of Jesus, and we all agree and say, Amen. Praise God. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. There is a place in prayer where your native language, whether it's English or Spanish, French, German, Russian, whatever it might be, you get a place in the, in, in the natural where your mind can only take you so far. Maybe you don't have the information or the knowledge that you would like to have to be able to pray more accurately into that situation. But when you reach that place, you can move from English or your native language over into the Spirit, and you can begin to pray in the Spirit and begin to pray in tongues, and the Holy Spirit will come along, and He'll help you to pray in the perfect will of God. It's, it's amazing what the Holy Spirit will do. The Spirit Himself makes intercession for us. So He comes along, and He carries us along, and as long as we're willing to speak it out, He will give us the utterance. Praise God. Verse 27, and by the way, praying in the Spirit can bring great refreshing and great blessing into your life. Verse 27, now He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So when you're allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through you, and you move from English over into tongues, you are praying according to the will of God. And sometimes in our normal native tongue, like English, you know what? It is possible to pray in a way where we're not praying in agreement with God's will for our lives. Maybe we think we are, but we're actually not. But when you begin to pray in the Spirit, it says that we are praying according to the will of God. That's why it's very encouraging to know that when you pray in the Spirit or pray in tongues, you are praying 100% in line, in harmony with God's will for your life. Now, your mind does not have knowledge of what you're praying unless you have that anointing, that anointing or inspiration of the Spirit to ask the Father for the interpretation of what you have just prayed in tongues. Now, I don't always have that that anointing or that leading to ask for the interpretation, but there are sometimes, particularly when there's been a real powerful prayer time, when I'll say, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, please reveal to me what I have been praying about for the last 45 minutes or the last hour in tongues. Please, please give me the interpretation or the gist or the overall interpretation of what I have been praying. And if you will wait upon the Lord in faith, the Holy Spirit will give you the interpretation. Praise God. It may begin to come out in tongues, and then you interpret those tongues into English, 
or it may just be that the, the interpretation comes directly out and suddenly you have the understanding of what you have been praying about for that uh, period of time during your prayer time in tongues praise the Lord now verse 28 and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God this is something that, that we should settle in our hearts I know it's easy to read this verse and say it's true and we know that it's true but we, we need to embrace it because it really is true that God, He is working all things for good. He, and that's all things. That's good things. That's just also like normal things, maybe things that aren't very exciting, but they're still a part of our life. And then it's also difficult things, trials or hardships that would come our way that we have to encounter that we have to face and you think you think in the natural you're like whoo you know, I've got a lot of other things to do I, I would certainly not have to have this on my platter why does this why does this happen but you know what it's if it's something that God's allowing then God's allowing it for a purpose we'll talk about that purpose in just a moment and since it's there it's very comforting to know that God is even even in that situation he's even using that where he He's working it for good. He's working it for good for those who love Him, that would be you and I, and those who are called according to His purpose. That's the second, uh, that's the second uh, confirmation, and that would refer to us as well. Verse 29, for whom He foreknew, and God foreknew everything about you before you were ever born. He knew what your name would be. He knew who your parents would be. He knew this plan that he had for your life. He knew exactly what you would be doing, your temperament, your character, your nature, your personality, all of that. Okay. So for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So in the earth, we have natural laws, in the Bible, we have spiritual laws. Not only do we have the spiritual laws in the Bible, but we even have many of the natural laws also unveiled and laid out as well. And so they're beautiful. They're lovely. There are, uh, there are laws that govern prosperity. There are laws that govern the blessing of God functioning and operating in your life. We have these beautiful promises and scriptures in the Word of God, such as Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. And you read that, and you realize that through Christ, you being Abraham's seed, you realize, hey, that's for me. Wow, this is really, really good stuff. And it is. All of these things, natural laws, spiritual laws, even laws governing healing, uh, they're, they're all in the atonement, and they are for God's people. They are for you and I. But my friends, along with these beautiful natural laws and beautiful spiritual laws, as beautiful as they are, and as high as they are, God still has the initiative, He still has the prerogative, He still has the ability to override them for what many that walk close to God, many would consider it to be the highest law of them all. And you know what? I agree. I believe it's actually the highest law of all. What is that, Pastor Stephen? I would call it the law of conformity. That's just what I call it, the law of conformity. In other words, God's greatest desire, let's talk about ministers for a moment. 
God's greatest desire for a minister is not to have a big church. God's greatest desire for a minister is not to have a global ministry and have his name known around the world. That's good, but that's not God's greatest desire for many minister. And you know what? A lot of ministers think it is. They think the greatest thing they could do is get a lot of people saved, and that's wonderful. But they think the greatest thing they could do is get people saved, or you know, have a, have a great teaching ministry, or you know, just minister to millions of people, and that's all good. But you know what? Even for a minister, that's not God's highest purpose for them. What is it? What is God's highest purpose for a minister? It's for that minister, that man or woman, to be conformed to the image of God's Son, to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Because you can have a global ministry, and you can still not have that stamp of the image of Christ upon you, where when people look at you, or God looks at you, that there's a clear representation of Christ. Oh, not that you're not saved. Yes, you're saved, and you're washed with the blood, but there can be a lot of undeveloped areas in your life where that image is not fully brought into maturity as a mature son or daughter of the Most High God. And that's what God wants in, in His people more than anything else. Pastor Stephen, I want, a, I want a prosperous business. I want a beautiful family. Pastor Stephen, I want to do great things. That's all good. That's all wonderful. And God wants you to have all of that. God wants you blessed. God wants you healthy. God wants you prosperous. But along with all of that, don't ever forget, there's a higher law. And God sometimes can work with some of these other laws. Well, maybe, maybe for a season, they're even suspended. Why? Because he's trying to accomplish something even greater. What would that be? Well, Pastor Stephen, what can be greater than my blessing? I want to be blessed. What could ever be greater than that? What could be greater is that you become like Christ. Woo! And remember, remember, one of the primary means of conformity is that it's not through good times, it's not through blessings, it's not through prosperity, it's not really through those things where we are conformed into Christ's image. If it were, we'd be like, Lord, make us all billionaires, <laughs> right? But that's, that's not how God works. Because we have a, a, a carnal flesh nature that we have to deal with. We, we have to deal with crucifying the selfish nature that can be so selfish. That can be so me-centered. And so God has to work with us in this conformity process. So while blessings and good things can be a part of it, the greater part of how He works to conform us into the image of His Son is actually through trials through challenges, through difficulties, through what the King James Version calls long-suffering. The NIV, New International Version, calls it, calls it endurance or patience. Or some translations, they, they define it as patient endurance. But either way, even if it says patient endurance, it still has a reference to enduring patiently through difficult times. That's actually what's being applied in the Greek, that you're enduring patiently through something that would be uncomfortable in a sense. So we can't skip around the fact that in our lives we can have trials, and you can think, well, hey, Lord, what's going on? 
what's going on where's the blessing where's the healing where's the prosperity I know it belongs to me and God understands that as well and he is going to bless you but God has a greater he has a greater purpose what is that that you and I are conformed into the image of his son and so in his great wisdom in his all-knowing omniscient mind he will look at our life and because he's able to see the end from the beginning he sees where he wants to get us to and he will allow certain things to come into our life that can be a challenge that can really have to cause us to press in to pray like we never have before because of something that has entered into our life that could be a difficulty and you know what God's working all of those things for good. He's working it all for good. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. I, I, I believe in my heart 100% that there are some very sweet, very loving Christians who are saved, who are washed with the blood, who even would speak in tongues and raise their hands and shout hallelujah in church. I believe, because I met some of them, that there are some Christians that, that are in this category that they love God, but yet they are unstable in some areas of their walk with the Lord, in some areas of their character, to the point that they don't have a lot of financial blessing. And if God overnight allowed them to become multimillionaires, I'm fully convinced 100% that it would probably destroy them. Now they would say, oh no, it wouldn't. I can handle it, Pastor Stephen. Stand back and let God pour the money on me. But you know what the truth is? Is that it would most likely destroy them because they're struggling to handle that which they already have. And if you're having all kinds of problems on a budget of $2,000 a month, and suddenly you have $20,000 a month, you'll eventually fill that up, and you'll begin to have even larger problems there. So God wants you to have victory where you're at. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But there are some, they're fully convinced, I'm ready. But God in His love, and even in His mercy, sees that they're not. Well, Pastor Stephen, you teach the laws of prosperity. Yep, and I teach them right out of the Bible, because they are in the Bible. But remember, don't ever forget the law of conformity is a higher law. And that's, that's really what God has on His heart and so, I'm not saying He's not going to bless you. I'm not saying He's not going to prosper you. I'm not saying He's not going to bring you into your Psalm 66, verse 12, wealthy place. All I'm saying is that it's more important in His heart and in, in His eyes to see you conformed into the image of His Son than it is for you to get a bunch, bunch of money, and then the next thing we know, we haven't seen you in a month. We don't hear from you anymore. You just fade out. You fade out, and you slip off back into the world, and, and you slip back off in the darkness. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I'd never do that. That's what they all say, yet I've seen people do it. I've seen people do it. Just fade out, fade away, get away from God. Why? They're getting so blessed, they have gotten so caught up in the blessing that they have forgotten the blesser. And now they're just fascinated with their blessing, fascinated with their toy, fascinated with all their blessings. And the next thing you know, you, you, they're never in prayer meetings anymore. Uh, they're, they're, their giving just dissipates and disappears, and they just fade out. And as a shepherd, you have to go out there looking for them. Jesus left the 90 and 9 to go after the one missing one. And I know what it is to go out there and make the calls and give the emails and say, uh, brother, sister, what happened? 
Where did you go? The Lord cares about you. How are you doing? Oh, Pastor Stephen, you know, um, I've just, you know, I've been so busy and, uh, and on and, you know, but oftentimes the blessing, the blessing. See, Israel as a nation often fell away from the Lord in a cyclical pattern over and over again when when they were at the top not when they were at the bottom when they were at the bottom they're crying out to God God deliver us from our enemies God help us God get us out of this mess and God would deliver them and then there would be a time of reprieve and they'd get some refreshing some prosperity would start flowing again and they're back at the top and as soon as they would get back at the top they would they would just turn completely away from God again and turn to false idols and find out what the heathen nations around them were doing and they would start doing what they were doing and get involved in all those sins and abominations and the next thing you know they're doing worse than what the heathen nations are and it would repeat over and over and over again and all of those are in the Bible the Apostle Paul said for our admonition and it is an example unto us because we have come unto the end of the ages and we need to be aware of these things and we can't let our soulish nature deceive us and allow us to think that we are in a certain place when we are not yet there. Praise the Lord. But we're getting there by God's grace. We're moving into the true heart of the Lord. You know, it's the same thing with healing. Pastor Stephen, I know the scriptures. I know that Jesus died for my sins. And in that act of the new covenant, healing was also purchased for me. Yes, it was. I agree 1000%. I teach healing all over the world. Uh, and I've seen people healed all over the world. But remember, even with, even with the covenant law of divine healing, there's still a higher law. What is that higher law? The law of conformity, that you have been predestined to be conformed to the image of His dear Son. And that's actually more important in God's eyes than your healing. Mm. Woo! Are there some areas in your life, don't raise your hand, are there some areas in your life that need some notable conformity? I'm not talking about maybe a little area, you know, or I'm, I'm talking like, are there areas that you can look and say, Lord, uh, yeah, we, we really, do. I really need some serious conformity in that area. Okay, that's, that's more important to the Lord than you winning 100 million people to the Lord. Oh, no, it's not, Pastor Stephen. That's more important. No, it's not. And my friends, we must get back to the heart of the gospel. And Billy Graham said, this, this is what Dr. Graham said. He said, it's more important that God win all of you than you win all of the world. Now, now catch that. Catch what he was saying. It, uh, because one man has said, I want to win the world for the Lord. And Billy Graham said, it's more important that God win all of you than that you win all of the world. See, God wants all of your heart. He wants to take all of those areas that are out of conformity, and He wants to begin to conform them into the image of a mature son or daughter. In the Lord. Praise God. And yes, it's more important. It's more important than ministry. It's more important than all of this other stuff. It's more important than building a big business. It's more important than anything else. And I think the church has drifted from this vital truth. Praise God. But we want to stay focused on where God puts the major, not the minor. The minors are nice, but let's not get hung up on the minors. Let's put all of our focus on the majors, and then often these other things begin to come into shape as well. Praise God. You know, I remember years back when I was with my old pastor, 
uh, he was he was really downhearted in his office one day, and um, he had he had the look on of his on his face like almost like a look of like why even try? And I, I said, Pastor, I said, what's wrong? I, I was just a young man in my early twenties. I said, Pastor, what's wrong? He said, Brother Brooks. He said, Brother so and so came into my office a few weeks back, and he confessed to me that he had taken the AIDS test and just had full-blown AIDS, and he had, it, he had it bad, too, and it was already doing the number on his body. He had already had it for quite some time, and, you know, then he took the test and just confirmed it, and it was just taking him down, taking him out, and he was under a death sentence. And he came to my office, he said, Brother Brooks, he came to my office in tears, weeping, repenting, crying. And he said, Pastor, pray for me, pray for me, Pastor, that God would heal me. I believe in miracles. I believe in a healing God. And he said, Brother Brooks, I laid my hands on him. There was an anointing, and I prayed for him, and God forgave him, washed his sins away, and God healed him. And he felt the anointing, the healing power of Jesus going to his body, and he knew that he was healed. He went back and retook the AIDS test. And where before it had tested positive, he went back and retook it, and it tested negative, totally clean. It was completely gone from his body. I said, Pastor, that's a miracle. I said, I, I don't understand. Why are, you, why are you so sad? He said, Brother Brooks, I've just found out he's gone back into the world. Now that he's gotten healed, now that he's gotten all of this energy surging back into his body, because now his body is totally, totally fine, he has now turned from the Lord, and he's gone back. He's gone back into all of the sin. And my, my pastor was very dis discouraged. I said, Pastor, that, that's, you did all that you can do. You did all that you can do. And you know, the pastor, he, he tried to go back and reach him again and say, hey, you've gone back, come back. But the person was just caught up in all of his sin. He just run back into it with his healthy body. Now that he was strong, now he could sin really good now. Oh, my friends, what's more important, healing or being conformed into the image of God's Son. What it, it, it is, it's more important to yield to the law of conformity. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Why do you want to be healed? See, you have to ask these questions to the Lord. Why do I want to be healed? Well, Pastor Stephen, I want to be healed because I don't want to be sick. <laughs> we know that, but what is your motive? So you can serve the Lord, or you can just keep, keep living and doing your own thing. So what's more important, the law of healing, or God, may, maybe, the, maybe the healing hasn't come because God's trying to work with you in the area of conformity. I'm not saying that is why, but I'm saying that should be examined. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, I want to be healed so I can just travel the world and go on vacation. Well, I, I think you should talk with the Lord about conformity, conformity to his, his will. Well, we surrender our lives, our will, our plan to his life, regardless of what it uh, could be. You know, I'm, I'm mindful of the story of the pastor who received a phone call from a, a church in another city, a very large city, and this was a much larger church, and they said, uh, We've heard good things about you, and, and you know, you've been doing a good job at that church, and we would like, we would like for you to consider taking the pastorate at our church. And uh, they told him that, you know, it, it would have a lot higher pay, lot, a lot better benefits, and he's hearing all of this, and he's thinking about it. 
and uh, he's really liking it. And they said, you know, uh, we'll take care of the parsonage, and uh, you know, there's great schools for your children to choose from, and on and on they went. And they just they just gave him an offer that was just incredible. So, you know, he gets off the phone, and uh, you know, at really the church he was at. He, he loved the people, but he was having, a, he was having different areas of struggle, different things of, uh, that he was kind of just going through the season of conformity. And uh, so, you know, uh, you know, he would have loved an out. So anyhow, well, this church called him, and they were really giving him a splendid out. So, um, so he, he tells his wife about the phone call, and he said, honey, we really need to pray about this. He said, I'm going to go up in the attic right now, and I'm going to start praying. She said, whoa, well, that's a great idea. She said, well, hey, I'll, I'll go with you. We'll both go up in the attic together, and we'll pray together. He said, no. He said, I'll go up in the attic and pray, and you, go, you just stay downstairs and start packing all the boxes for the move. <laughs> he, he was, see, he was going to pray, but in his heart, he was already, he's taking that job. He's out of there. So here's what I'm saying. Jesus is Lord. And if he wants you to take that job, take that promotion, take that assignment, then by all means, go that direction. But you really should pray about it. But if he wants you to stay, and that is part of the conformity process, then uh, he wants you to be there. Now, here's what I found. During the conformity process, you can wiggle out of it, but it's very hard. I wouldn't even use the word wiggle. You almost have to fight and... and uh, <laughs> violate something to get out of it you really have to override the Holy Spirit and you really have to frustrate the angels to get out of something that God has you in when he's working on you in that conformity process so stay there stay there the graduation is so sweet the graduation is so good that you don't want to miss it praise God so I just want to share that today we talked about it on Wednesday I kind of want to give a little bit further insight into the conformity process that much of it takes place through trials, challenges, and difficulties. Now, um, these difficult times don't last forever. Once that season is over, then the refreshing comes. But while you're in it, stay close to the Lord, and you will have that peace, and you will have that strength from the Lord that you will need in order to go through it. Praise God. Now, I want to talk about something else today that is very vital for this conforming process for whom he foreknew that would be you and me he also predestined okay so this is part of the plan he predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son now I have found out that prayer can have a major role in this conforming process. I want to give you an example. Let's go to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 18. Uh, this kind of makes me giggle, makes me laugh a little bit, th uh, this passage of Scripture, because you can know something really well about a certain Scripture, but yet maybe there's another side of the coin concerning that same Scripture where there can be something also that you don't know, that you don't see about it, that uh, still affects how the whole thing works. So let's see if we can get this right today. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. This is fun. Verse 19. Again, I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. 
okay so on this verse I've had some of the greatest miracles in my life manifest out of taking this verse praying it with somebody else coming into agreement touching and concerning that thing holding an agreement in faith and boom seeing results to that prayer that have been nothing short of absolutely miraculous and some of the stories that have come out of it have blessed many many people by those powerful testimonies now that same verse also has at other times left me completely frustrated because I've seen it work and then in other cases and other scenarios I've prayed it and I've had absolutely zero results where it didn't happen it didn't work and I'm left standing there puzzled thinking well it worked on this one I wonder why it didn't work on this one but you know what as time goes by and you begin to meditate on these things the Holy Spirit begins to give insight and the Holy Spirit revealed to me that that this verse has to be quickened by the Holy Spirit in order for it to work there has to be a quickening okay this is the verse let's grab this verse now let's work it right now let's take a hold of it there has to be a quickening and very very importantly you have to balance it with God's will and that's where probably 90% of the times if it's missed that's where the problem would be right there well pastor Stephen it says concerning anything that they ask that's like a blank check mm, not really not really let me let me throw a little more light on this from the from the book of first John hold your finger here Matthew 18 verse 19 let's go to first John chapter 5 verse 14 now this is the confidence please say that word right where you're at today say it with me please say the word confidence say confidence now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will ah okay so not just asking anything but asking anything according to his will he hears us by the way if you're asking outside of God's will and you're and, and the further outside of his will you get the less and less confident your prayers are and you could be standing there praying that prayer with the, the utmost fervency you could be sweating you could even sweat drops of blood but if you're praying and agonizing and exerting all the energy and it's not God's will you're either going to get zero results or either very poor results but you're never going to get the miracle that you're looking for why you're going in the wrong direction it's like being in Charlotte and somebody wants to go to Los Angeles and you tell them to go south well they're going to end up in Miami well that you know they, they could still all roads lead to LA no they don't if you go south you're going to end up in the, in the um, Gulf of Mexico you're never going to make it to LA and so we need to go in the right direction and you're, if you're flying in the wrong direction you're never going to arrive at where you want to get to so we have to pray according to the will of God and when you do when you know what that will is tremendous confidence surges into your prayers tremendous confidence surges into your asking Woo! and there's boldness and there's authority uh, and, and it's it's irreplaceable so you must have prayer confidence this is all part of the molding the conforming process because oftentimes when we're praying soulless prayers 
When we're praying these types of prayers, we're doing that because we're not conformed into the image of Jesus. And we're praying for things and asking for things and wanting things that God doesn't want us to have. At least He doesn't want us to have them right then. Maybe some things are our God's plan, but it's not the time right now. It's not the place. And yet we're, we're being persistent. We're being stubborn. And we're even quoting scriptures. And it's not by the Spirit. It's by the flesh. And so there's no results. So we need to go back and we need to surrender to the highest law. What is that highest law? God wants to conform us into the image of His Son. Is what I'm asking, is what the thing that I'm requesting, is this going to conform me into the image of God's Son, or is it going to do something to blur that? Praise God. These are things we need to ask. We need to examine motives. We need to ask, why do we do what we do? Why are we asking for what we're asking? Is God in this, or is this just me? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, you know what? You can pray Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, and you can find somebody to agree with you, and you can touch, and you can agree, and uh, you can really begin to lock in on prayer. But if it's not God's will, I just need to let you know it's not going to happen. Oh, yes, it is, Pastor Stephen. We're going to pray it in. It, it won't work like that. You cannot force God to do something that, he, that it is not His will for, for Him to do. Now, there can be some things where there's a gray area that I would call permissive will. Maybe it's not God's best, but He will permit you. He will allow you to have it. Uh, you know, maybe He would like you to do it a different way, but it's not something that's going to jeopardize your overall destiny. But there are some things that we can try to demand, that we can even ask for, that God looks at it and He sees that if they get that, if I actually give that to them, it's going to so alter their destiny that it, it will even threaten the outcome of them completing the calling that I have for them. And there, there are some places where you can do some things where you can really miss it in a big way. Now, here's the thing. When you don't have a lot of light with the Lord, when you don't have a lot of revelation, there is extra grace that's supplied. But when you begin to really walk with the Lord, you find out that you have less leeway because God is really working in you, and time is of the essence. So the further along you get with the Lord, and the more light and revelation, and the more responsibility you have because of your knowledge of the truth, that He's going to place a different demand upon your life. Praise God. And the training is at a completely different level. It's at a completely different level. You know, a, a very godly prophet, um, not an exaggeration to say one of the greatest prophets in the world, his wife, who's now in heaven, her life recently ended a few years back. She's in heaven now. His wife shared an amazing story of how some things happened in the life of her and her husband, this great prophet. Some, some things happened that were traumatic, very difficult for her and her husband. But by God's grace, they kept going forward. But I tell you, she said some of the things that happened just... It was such a trial and brought such pressure in her life that suddenly the book of Job became like a very real, living, nourishing book and it brought a lot of comfort. And she said it was just, it just seemed everywhere she turned, there was just, there was great difficulties to work through. And she spoke out of, she spoke these mouths out of her, out of her mouth. And she said, Lord, I can't take one more thing. 
if one more thing happens, I can't take it. And uh, she said for a few days she found herself saying that very adamantly. I can't take one more thing. She was, and, and, and if you had read some of her experiences, you'd be like, well, yeah, you've, you've had a really bad week. You've, you've had like a really bad month. You've had some incredibly bad things hit you. Very, very heartbreaking. But nevertheless, she made that statement multiple times. Lord, I can't take one more thing. Well, after having said that for a couple days, uh, she didn't know it, but her husband, uh, this wonderful prophet, had done some things with some family members just to try to relax and unwind because of all the crazy stuff going on. So uh, he, um, he used a friend's dune buggy, and when driving the dune buggy, he accidentally flipped it over and broke multiple bones in his arm. So one of the family members comes and tells his wife, um, your husband has just, you know, fractured his arm and broken it in multiple places. And she said, now, come on, stop joking. This is not, I'm not in the mood for jokes. And he said, no, I'm not joking. We've got to rush him to the emergency room right now. And she said, God, I can't take one more thing. And the Lord spoke to her as they were driving him to the emergency room. And, and of course, they get him there, get him fixed up. But the Lord spoke to her. Because she's a mature woman of God, having traveled the world, seen great signs, wonders, and, and miracles, and she's, she's ministered to many, many people. She's seen the power of God. The Lord spoke to her as a mother in Israel and said, don't ever threaten me with those words again. And she, she immediately knew that she had misspoken. Because the Lord said, you say, don't she's you know the Lord said you say to me I can't take any more he said well what do you mean by that what are you going to do if he said are you saying that you're going to abandon me are you going to walk away from me are you going to give up on me and leave me so he said do not say that when you make that statement you're threatening me that you're going to leave me Woo! hallelujah I'm telling you the closer you get to the Lord he treats you with a different level of maturity he doesn't treat you like a little baby Christian. He treats you with a different level of maturity and expects you to yield to the conforming process. And that was a process of conforming her into the image of Christ. Woo! Was it easy? No. I, I, I read the story and I was like, whoo, I wouldn't want to have to walk through that. But God was with her all the way. Grace was being supplied. And it was just something, some things that were in the path that she had to go through. Praise the Lord. But my friends, during these times, don't ever forget God's working it for good. Pastor Stephen, I, I prayed Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, and nothing happened. Oh, God's working it for good. God's conforming you into the image of, your, of His Son so that, that you don't pray squirrel, these squirrely prayers that are out of line, out of God's will, or that you're not coming into agreement with others, actually joining their agreement that is not in harmony with Scripture or in harmony with God's plan for their life, especially when you know it. And you should tell them, I don't think I could agree with you on this. I don't think this is God's will for you to be praying this. And I can't agree with you on it. Why? Well, explain to them why. Maybe nobody has told them. Maybe nobody's helped them. Praise the Lord. Because after all, if you jump in there and agree with them and it doesn't happen, now, now, now you know, they're like, well, you know, it says that God does it, but I guess he didn't do it for us. And now they're left puzzled. Praise the Lord. So these are things that we learn. This is all part of the conforming process. And God's more, I'll, I'll even say this. 
there's a higher law than answered prayer. There, there are things that God is more concerned about than answering your prayers. What would that be, Pastor Steve? There's, there's nothing more important than answered prayer. Yes, there is. You being conformed into the image of His Son. That's more important than having a prayer answered. And God may delay the answer to that prayer if He sees this process of you going through perhaps patient endurance for a season. If that will work the image of Christ into you, then He might extend that for that higher purpose. And then He'll answer that prayer. Woo! But yield to the process. Glory to God. And know that God's working all things for good. He really is. And God is a good God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And my friends, when you do see the fruit of that conforming process, and the heart of the Lord really begins to get formed in you, and you begin to grow in the wisdom and the knowledge of the Lord, able to discern between good and evil, right and wrong, able to pray accurately, and not just rush in the prayers and start asking for all kinds of stuff, but Go into prayer with very targeted petitions that are in agreement with the heart of God. When you go into a place like that, now you come into prayer with tremendous confidence. And there's a place when you mature in the Lord, if you're not sure, you won't ask. You'll just take a few days, take a few weeks, and get it right in your spirit before even asking. And then when you get it right, then you can ask, and it brings the, tr- the most tremendous confidence. Now remember, confidence is very important in prayer. It's an expression of faith, but it's also an expression of knowing, God, I'm dialed in to your will, to the timing, to the plan, to the season, to the answer that you have for my life. I'm asking you for this thing. Praise the Lord. That's very, very Important. Praise God. Now, very quickly, a closing scripture. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 is a tremendous prayer in chapter 1, verse 9, that you can pray so that this knowledge of God, this wisdom of God, is revealed to you concerning God's plan for your life. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9, for this reason we also, since today we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. It's not just enough to know the knowledge of God's will, but you must have that knowledge of His will in all wisdom and all spiritual understanding. The wisdom of God's will, the wisdom of sensing the application, how to walk it out, the spiritual understanding of knowing there's timing involved. Let's get all of this lined up right. See, it's very important to have that. But if you will pray and ask God for this, this is my favorite prayer in the entire Bible. If you will pray this and ask God for it, He will give you the knowledge of His will, and it will be given to you with wisdom and spiritual understanding attached to it. Mm. And your prayers will become so effective. And there'll be other times you just say, I'm not going to pray. I don't know God's will on that yet. I'm still waiting. I'm not making a specific request on that because I yet don't know. So I'm going to hold up on that until I get some more leading of the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I think that as we mature in the Lord, we slow down a little bit. We don't just rush into things. We slow down. 
and we ask more questions, and we wait on the Lord, because we want to see the Lord's image expressed through us. Maturity. See, immaturity just rushes, rushes into all kinds of things. Mm. There can be faith, but there can also be foolishness, and there can also be presumption. Well, I just presume that's what God meant, and we can presume completely wrong. So we want to walk into the maturity of the Lord, and He will speak to us, and He will guide us with His eye. He will guide us, and we will hear from Him, and we will make the right decisions. Praise God. Because of this, your life is getting easier and easier and easier. And because of this, your life is becoming better and better and better. Woo! Yes, receive the blessing of the Lord. All of these other things are attached to it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things will be added. All of these things will be added unto you. The kingdom, His righteousness, being conformed into the image of God's dear Son. Things to meditate on when you're going through trials and when you're going through situations that seem to be extended seasons of long suffering. Praise the Lord. This will help you to understand what God's up to. He's conforming you into the image of His Son. He's actually working all things in your life for good. So rejoice because it's going to be really, really good. Not only in the world to come, but also in this life as well. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm, thank you, Jesus. See, I'm speaking to a group of believers that are more interested than just getting into heaven. You actually want to get into heaven having reached that level of sonship, that level of maturity, that God is using this earth period that you're living your life down here. This is your probationary period to be developed into the image of His Son. That is the primary reason that you're here, for that image to be molded into you. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. That's why you're here. So it's more than just gaining heaven. It's gaining heaven, having understood what the Lord wanted you to focus on and major on and working on that and focusing on that. It's more important than a mega ministry. It's more important than world fame. It's more important than having millions and billions of dollars. Praise the Lord. It's God's greatest purpose for your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that those who would find themselves perhaps in the thick of the conforming process, that they will know that tests are not forever, that eventually the exam is completed, and then it's back into the regular session of life of, of learning and teaching and having fun, classroom environment. But that exams and test period are not always on the schedule. But Father, if there are any of your people today that are in the exam, that are in the heat of the conforming process, may they allow you to do the work that you're intending to do. And Father, uh, any areas that would be out of conformity, mold it, mold it into the mature image of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. We give you glory and honor and praise that you are preparing us while we're on this earth for eternity. Now, Father, I thank you that you are raising up the overcomers, because it's the overcomers who will rule and reign in the world to come. 
It's the ones who allowed you to conform them while they were on the earth into the image of your son who will be qualified to rule over the nations of the world during the reign of the Lord Jesus Christ from Jerusalem. Thank you, Father God. Bring your people into the place of being an overcomer. Thank you, Father God. This all revolves around yielding to the conformity process and brought into maturity. Father, we thank you that you're going to accomplish your work in the lives of every person watching. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise. Thank you, Father. Now supply more than enough grace, more than enough strength, more than enough wisdom, mercy, and wisdom. Let every attribute from heaven flow, O God, to strengthen your people, so they may make it through any tough time, and rejoice in you in the midst of it, because you're going to work it all for good. Father, we give you all the praise. In the beautiful name of Jesus, we pray today. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. If you're watching today and you are not yet a child of God, you can become a child of God by receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ is the bridge between lost humanity and the Holy God, the Heavenly Father. So Jesus is in the middle. He is the only mediator. He is the only one between God and man. He's the only bridge. So the only way to receive eternal life, the only way to receive forgiveness of sins is through the man, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God Himself. Praise God. If you would like to receive forgiveness of your sins and receive eternal life into your heart today, then pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I yield my life to you. Give me a fresh beginning today. Wash my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. And if you have prayed that prayer, Christ is now your Lord and Savior, and you belong to Him. You belong to God and the family of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Family, let's all take communion together today. Please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the bread and the juice. We bless it. We consecrate it. This is now the flesh and the blood of our Lord and Savior. Thank You, Father God, as we receive the body of Christ. We thank You for Your strength flowing into us. We thank You for the conforming process being worked out in our lives. We give You all of the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. My friends, as you take the body of the Lord, remember what Jesus said, many who are first are going to be last. Why? They never yield it to the conformity process. They think they're running ahead, but they're not. But many that are last, they're going to be the ones that end up actually first, because they yield it to the conformity process, and Christ can be seen in them. So let's receive the body of the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise. Thank you for the blood of Jesus washing all of our sins away. Father, we just, as a corporate body, we repent of all sin. We ask that you would wash us clean from all sin. And we give you all of the praise, Father. We just thank you for righteousness, right standing, imputed righteousness, because we are in Christ. And we thank you, Father God, for taking us into that conformity of your Son, which is also holiness. 
We give you praise, Father God. Father, we thank you that righteousness is imputed because of our position in Christ, but holiness is something that is worked out. So, Father God, we give you praise as we receive the blood of Jesus. We thank you for grace to live a holy life in a very sinful, dirty, word, uh, dirty world. We thank you for protecting us and shielding us. We ask that you would deliver us from evil and that you would keep us from temptation. We give you praise in Jesus' name. We agree and say amen. Let's drink. Praise God. Hallelujah. My friends, in all things rejoice. God is working all things. Say that. Say all things for my good. God's working it out. So watch and see. Stay positive. Stay full of faith. Keep praising the Lord. God will work miracles in your life. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> 